Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. Amen. I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. You may be seated. Open your Bible to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. You can follow along with me in my notes on the Bible app, the Version Bible app is in the live event section. Joshua chapter 1. And if you follow along with our Bible plan this year, uh, the month of January, we're reading through the book of Joshua, as well as the book of Ephesians and the book of Jude for 31 days. So if you haven't started, you can catch up and read through the book of Joshua with us for the first three weeks of the year. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. So I encourage you to read Joshua, especially because I'm spending a lot of time in Joshua as I teach this month. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now why does it seem like God is speaking the obvious? Everybody knows Moses has died by this point. Moses has been dead for almost a month now. They've been grieving for him for about a good month. God is saying, the past is done. It's time to go to the future. You're staying on the edge of the promised land. It's time to go forward. The promised land is on the horizon. The time for grief is over. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place, say every place, that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man, say any man, be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So the same way I was with Moses is how I'm going to be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people you shall divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. You're going to be the one who helps my prophecy come to pass. Only be thou strong. And very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from the, to it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper whithersoever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Have not I commanded you, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you whithersoever you go. I'll be teaching a lot from his pastors this month, but what we're going to keep on tonight is notice he says, do not be afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Dismayed means don't be full of anxiety and don't break down in fear. 
So Joshua, do not be afraid and don't have a nervous breakdown. Why is he telling Joshua this? He's about to lead millions of people into the promised land. A lot of people I think of the promised land as, man, this is my relaxation time. It's my vacation home. No, they're going to war. They're about to face giants, walled cities, enemies, nations that are bigger than them and stronger than them. So God tells Joshua, don't be afraid and don't have a nervous breakdown. Why? Fear is the enemy. Say, fear is the enemy. Go to Numbers chapter 13. Fear is the enemy. Numbers chapter 13, we'll start with verse 25. Fear is the enemy. So the 40 spies come back from searching, the 12 spies come back from searching land for 40 days. And when they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel and to the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto the congregation, showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came into the land where you sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The children of Anak are giants. The Malachites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell on the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land that we have gone through to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore has the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. So what was the big issue for the children of Israel? They were afraid of the people, right? They haven't gone to battle yet. One of the reasons the children of Israel did not possess the promised land is they were afraid of the people. Fear defeated them before they battled any giants with strong armies. It's not like they went to battle and lost and said, we can't recover. 
fear took them out before they can even pick up their sword. Fear is the enemy. Fear keeps God's people from advancing and possessing his promises. The promised land was on the horizon, but they did not possess it because of fear. What is on the horizon of your life that you haven't received because you're afraid? What promise of God have you not possessed because you are afraid? Fear is the enemy. Go back to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Look at verse 5 and verse 9 again. Fear is the enemy. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Verse 9, have not I commanded you, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you whithersoever you go. What is God's answer to Joshua's potential fear? I am with you. He said, I will be with you just like I was with Moses. So when Joshua's facing the promised land, he's facing armies, wall defense cities, and giants, right? Well, did Moses ever face any giants? Yeah. Let's go to Numbers chapter 21. He says, just like I was with Moses is how I'm going to be with you. So what happened when Moses faced giants? Numbers 21 verse 32. And Moses sent to spy out Jazer, and they took the villages thereof, and drove out the Amorites that were there. And they turned and went up by the way of Bashan, and Og, the king of Bashan, went out against them, he and all his people, to the battle of Idri. And the Lord said unto Moses, Fear him not. Notice the specifics. Don't be afraid of the army. Don't be afraid of the battle. Don't be afraid of this guy named Og. What was with Og? When you look at Deuteronomy 3.11, in the New Living Translation, it says, King Og of Bashan was the last survivor of the giant Riphites. His bed was made of iron and was more than 13 feet long and 6 feet wide. This giant is somewhere between 12 to 13 feet tall, and he needs a 6-foot wide bed. He is the last remaining of the giants of that race, of the Rephites. That means he was strong enough to survive when all the other giants died. And not only, he's not a warrior like Goliath. Goliath wasn't king, he was a warrior. Ark is king. And here comes Moses facing him, and God says, don't be afraid of that giant. Don't be afraid of him. He's coming out to battle you. Don't be afraid of him. For I have delivered him into your hand and all his people and his land. And you shall do to him just like you did the last king you just beat. So they smote him and his sons and all his people until there was none left him alive and they possessed his land. Notice how quickly the Bible describes the battle. 
They took him down, they took his people down, and they took his land, and they move on. There's stories in the Bible that the battles are described with many verses. This is three verses. Bing, boom, done. It's referred to in the Psalms. They sing about it. But here is this giant that threatened them, but God was with Moses. He says, don't be afraid of him. Take him. So they did. Now, Moses is not a young guy when he's leading the battle. He's 119, 120 years old. He's taken this army into the land. It doesn't seem Moses' word. God says, don't be afraid. Take him down. So when he tells Joshua, I'll be with you just like I was with Moses. When you see these giants, I'm going to take them down just like I took down Og. How do people remember Og? They took his bed, and his bed was a trophy in one of the city of the Amorites because how huge it was. People remembered he was a legend. But the children of Israel came and took him down like he was nothing. What did Caleb and Joshua say in the previous generation? They said, they are bread for us. We can take them. Don't be afraid. We got this. What looks so threatening in your life that you think you can't take? What looks so strong to you that says, I haven't been able to take it in my life. I don't think I can handle it this year. What goal are you afraid of setting because you don't think you can actually meet that goal this year? What resolution do you dare not make because you're like, ah, nothing will ever change in this area? God says, I am with you. Just like I was with Moses. If through Moses I could take down that giant, through you I can take it down too. Fear is the enemy. Fear is the enemy. Go to Genesis 3. Fear will keep you from advancing. Fear will paralyze you. It'll keep you from possessing the promises. And God's answer to Joshua is, I'm with you, so don't be afraid. Fear will sap your energy. When I was just going over this a few minutes ago, the Lord gave me an example. I knew one day it would come that I'll start preaching for my daughter's toddler t- TV shows. Because you hear it so much, it gets in your heart. You med- you're meditating on her TV shows by this point. And so there's this, she loves a show called Splash and Bubbles. There's these singing, dancing fish. She loves the music. And there's this one episode well, where this one fish has a parasite in its mouth. And it doesn't want to go see the cleaner shrimp who's the dentist. Because it's afraid of going to the dentist. And so he's going through this whole day in pain, losing his energy because he's afraid to get his problem dealt with. So his fear is draining his energy and is eventually going to harm him. Although that is a kid's TV show, what are you keeping in your life because you're afraid to deal with that is sapping you of your energy? That's keeping you from possessing God's promises. Genesis 3, verse 7, Adam and Eve Partake of the fruit. And so then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walk in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from what? The presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was what? Because I was naked and I hid myself. When they sinned, 
The glory of God that covered them had lifted off. They realized they had no covering anymore. What was the first thing that manifested? Fear. Fear cannot thrive in the presence of God. Fear cannot flourish in the presence of God. But because they stepped into sin, they stepped out the presence of God. And now they are afraid. Seeking different things to cover themselves because they no longer have the glory of God. Fear thrives in the environment of sin. Why? Because sin separates you from God. Sin will tell you you can't come back to God because you messed up. And so now you're trying to do things by yourself and you know you can't handle it, so fear grows. Hebrews 2.15 tells us that Satan would tries to enslave the world through the fear of death. Satan enslaves people by fear. He rules his kingdom by fear. Everything God does is by faith. Everything Satan does is by fear. So that means Satan and his forces will do whatever it's possible to sow fear into your lives or to get you in a place of being afraid. Why? Fear makes money. People watch the news all day long because they're afraid about what's going to happen. And while they're anxious, hurting their stomachs, getting ulcers, the commercials can sell you the medicine to make you feel better about being afraid. It talks about the end times. Jesus said it in Luke, how men's hearts would fail them because of fear. Fear is the enemy. And if you don't deal with fear right here at the beginning of the year, you will not experience what God has for you in 2018. You have to deal with fear in this life. You don't play with it. You handle it. A lot of people think fear is like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, a little fear is healthy for everyone. You know, I never would hear those things because I grew up in the faith movement. I grew up in the word of faith. I didn't hear fear is healthy for you. We weren't, you know, being afraid was almost like a cuss word. You're not allowed to be afraid. You don't say I'm afraid of something. You deal with fear. Growing up, if me and my brothers had nightmares, we wouldn't say, oh, I'm afraid. And my parents go sit in the room to go sleep. No. They'll turn on the, some word cities. It was Carmen back then who was popular. Or other people who would sing the word. And they'd play it. Come on, get this word in your spirit. So the fear goes out. And then we sing it, go back to sleep. Fear wasn't tolerated. We understood the concept fear tolerated is faith contaminated. And so when Brother Copeland began to preach about fear in 2001 and take on fear, he would say things like this, you know. People say that, you know, a little fear is healthy for him. I'm thinking, who says crazy stuff like that? Then I ran into someone who says, oh, you're not afraid of anything? That's too bad. I'm like, oh, you're the person Brother Copeland was talking about. Y'all do exist. But people tolerate fear. They think it's okay. Well, it's okay to be afraid of something. Fear is an access point for the enemy. Fear will paralyze you. Fear will keep you from doing what God wants you to do. Remember when you look at the parables of God gave the king, and this is an example, five talents, two talents, one talent. Why did the person who got one not do anything? He said, I was afraid. It represents how people live their life. I never did anything with what God gave me because I was afraid. 
Fear will keep you from advancing in your purpose. It'll keep you from using your giftings, your talents, and your anointings, and your graces. Fear is the enemy. It's not something to be tolerated. It's not something to be played with. So you have to understand Satan will do everything possible to make you afraid, to get you into a place of fear. Go to Psalm 23. I remember Sister Billy would tell a story about, I think it was her son Chip. I think this story came back in the 70s. He and his college friends went to go see, was it The Exorcist or some horror movie? And they came back, and they're kind of nervous about seeing the movie, kind of afraid. Chip knew he shouldn't see this, but he didn't care. He's in college. And so they were staying in some type of trailer. And so his four friends were staying there. And one guy was tired, so he went to bed. And they said that trailer kind of shook. And the door opened, and it seemed like someone flew by them. Like saw a dark thing fly in. The windows began to rattle. It goes into the other room where the person was sleeping, and it flew out. That person wakes up, says like he saw the Grim Reaper or something like that. Now, all these four college guys, football players, super afraid, screaming. There's no phone in the house. So they're running a mile down the street to the gas station, and they're calling Sister Billy. Like, this is what happened. This is what happened. She's like, why did you go see that movie in the first place? Oh, those are just low-level devils. Go get that anointing oil out of the gas station, pour it out, say this, bleed the blood, you'll be fine. I'll never come back. And it did it. But her response, that's just a low-level devil. Nothing. Really? That was a response. Satan will do whatever he can to make you afraid. I remember my brother told me once a time he was in college. He said he was sleeping. He woke up. And he said he saw this demon come in the room. And I said, I can kill you. And he said, if you could, you'd have done it already. And he went back to sleep. Said, what are you going to do? It's kind of like what happened with John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth said he went to sleep one night. He woke up. Let a smell into the room. His bed began to shake and it moved across the floor. And at the foot of the bed was Satan. And he said, oh, it's only you. And he went back to sleep. And he said, Satan left. Smith woke up again and said, wait a minute. My bed was on the other side of the room before you came. Get back and move it. The smell came back, the bed moved, and the devil left. But they're like, it's just you. We thought it was something big. What is it? No fear. It's living free from fear. It's facing the devil going, is this the best you got? People don't go forward because they're afraid. What does Psalm 23, 4 tell us? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What is the shadow? Satan and his army doing their best to cast darkness and fear on your life. Their best attempt. Because I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Why should I feel the shadow when I'm walking with the light? You have to deal with fear. So a lot of times people keep fear in a general note. Take it to the very practical where your life is concerned. Are you afraid that you're going to die of heart problems because your mother died of heart problems? 
Are you afraid that cancer will take you out because it took your grandfather out? Is it in your back of your mind saying, well, I have to live my life before I turn 55 because all my other people in my family died right at 55? Well, I have to do this with my money because, 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 because I don't know what's going to happen with the economy. I don't know about this. I don't know. I'm afraid. So this even goes back to small things in culture. You know, you want to know where your faith really is? Go look at your ketchup drawer. What do I mean by ketchup drawer? Everybody, you know, kind of saves a few packets when they go for fast food out to eat. But some people, it overflows. Now, why? Because they're afraid one day they won't have enough. And it may not have started that way, but they're taught that. It's like a story I heard of a wife. She was cooking a roast. And so she's about to put it, uh, put it in the pot. And so she chops off a part of it and puts it in the pot. Her husband walks in and goes, why did you chop off that part of the road? She's like, I don't know. I always saw my mom doing it. So she calls her mom and says, hey, mom, why did you chop off the end of the roast? Well, I don't know. I always saw grandma doing it. So she called grandma. Well, grandma, why? you know what? I don't know. I always saw big mama doing it. Call big mama. Why did you chop off the end of the roast? Well, baby, I didn't have enough money to buy a bigger pot. So everybody had been chopping off the end of the roast because that's what they saw. And it came from a place of not having enough. Are there things in your life you're continually doing that came from a place of fear? And you were taught to be afraid without knowing you're supposed to be afraid. When do you start getting nervous? When do you start getting anxious? When do you start getting afraid? Because you're told to be afraid. Who taught you to be afraid of weapons? Why do you see a weapon and you get afraid? You get nervous. Oh, a gun can kill you. Well, anything can kill you. It's not just the gun. The gun doesn't magically pick up and shoot somebody. Fear. Check it. Because sometimes it's not always a paralyzing feel. It's that little nervousness, the little anxiety. Where does it show up? Some men are afraid to go to the doctor. They're afraid the doctor's going to say something. He may say something, he may not. Fear. What is fear keeping you from doing? How is fear keeping you from living the life God has called you to live? Where does the small fear or even the nervousness show up? Because what did Jesus say in John 14, 1? Let not your heart be troubled. That means you have control over your heart. The word trouble means agitated or stirred up. Control your heart. He tells them that I'm leaving, but I'm going to be with you. I'm sending you another comforter. And he says in verse 27, that peace I live with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives gather unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Control your heart. It starts with the decision. I will not be afraid. And then when something happens, nope, I'm not going to be afraid. Nope, fear, nope, you do not have access. Nope, I'm not going to let myself think that way. No, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not tolerating that thought. 
I'm not tolerating this emotion. I'm in control of my emotions. I'm in control of my mind. I'm in control of my body. I will not be afraid. Foot, you better stop shaking. I'm not going to be afraid. It's a choice. It doesn't happen automatically. It can't just take a Bible over you like, Pastor, get rid of my fear. That's not how it works. You have to make a decision. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to handle this. I'm going to deal with this. I'm not going to run away from it. Kept telling Joshua, be strong, be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't have a nervous breakdown. Don't be distressed. He's telling you the same thing today. Be strong, be courageous. Do not be afraid. Handle it. When Moses was before the burning bush, God said, throw the stick down. It turned into a snake. So Moses was afraid. He said, pick it up. Handle it. God doesn't tolerate fear. That's why 365 times in the Bible says, do not fear or be not afraid. Fear not. Anytime Jesus appeared to scare the disciples, says, don't be afraid. It's just me. Calm down, guys. Why? He's never, why did all the angels say, fear not? They show up. Fear not. No, God doesn't want you to be afraid. Fear is the enemy. You have to deal with so just like Moses had to pick up that snake, he said, handle it, and it became the rod again. What in your life is making you afraid? Handle it. Don't tolerate it. If you're going to possess the land, you have to deal with fear. Go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Fear is the enemy. It's not to be tolerated. It's not to be played with. Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings shall you trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid for the terror by night. It doesn't say the terror by night won't be there. Nor for the arrow that flies by day. It didn't say the arrows or the bullets won't fly. Nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness. It didn't say there won't be diseases. Nor for the destruction of waste at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not Come near you. Just because you see it doesn't mean you have to be afraid. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. What does that mean? You're only supposed to be a spectator. When the world gets judged and judgment falls on the wicked and you see all these things happening, you're not supposed to be afraid. You're only supposed to be a spectator in a place where it can't hurt you, harm you, or touch you, or affect you in any way. Just like if you're going to a game, and you're watching the game from a seat in the stand, one of the boxes, nothing on that field is affecting you. You may cheer, you may react, but it's not touching you, it's not affecting you. You're just a spectator. You're supposed to be so free from fear, no matter what you see, you're just a spectator. God wants you to be fear-free. 
says, well, stuff has happened to me before. Yeah, God wants you to get the victory of it and be fear-free. You're not supposed to give in to fear, give in to worry. Fear not, because he says angels camp about you. You're never by yourself. God says, I'm with you, and I've sent my angel. Every believer has at least one angel with them, sometimes more. Well, why do you need more? If your assignment needs more, God gives you more. I got at least two with me all the time. Do I see them? No. Well, they're there. Fear not. Because if you keep staying in fear, you're going to disable your angels and keep them from doing what God has assigned them to do. When you get to Psalm 112, it talks about the blessed man that reverences God. It says, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. He would not be afraid because his heart is established. What he has fixed his heart. He has established his heart. That is a choice. I'm keeping my emotions set. I will not be afraid. So that means first words matter. You get a report that's not good. You don't move by fear. You move by faith. But the only way you can move by faith is because you put the word in your heart enough to where faith comes out before fear comes out. It means affecting your language, your verbiage. Oh, are you coming, coming to church Sunday? Well, I'm afraid not. Why are you afraid not? Just say you ain't coming. Fear has become part of our vocabulary. It's become part of our life. It's become normal. And that's not supposed to be your normal. You know, kids deal with fear all the time. Teach them how to deal with it. Don't say, oh, it's okay to be afraid now. Yeah, you're afraid. That's not the problem. Deal with it. How do we get over it? What are you afraid of? Let's beat this thing. Don't let fear be tolerated in your household. Teach them that if you're afraid, let me know. Let's get over it. It's together. Let's conquer it together. Let's deal with it. Let's handle it. Because your God is with you. You don't have to be afraid. Oh, you're nervous before you do this presentation? It's okay. God's with you. Count to three. Remember, he's with you. Take a deep breath. You got this. Handle it. You have to teach them from a young age not to be afraid. You have to teach them faith from a young age to where it makes more sense to them to believe God than to be afraid. Imagine what they can do if they don't have to learn it when they're in their 20s, their 30s, or their 40s. Imagine if that is what they know from the moment they are born. What can they do for God when they're taught to believe God and not to be afraid? You have to handle fear. Don't allow it in your house. Don't open the door to it. Fear opened up Job's house to terror. Job 3.25, he said, I feared a fear and it came upon me. What I feared came into my life. I was living in fear, and everything I was afraid of came in. Fear is the enemy. Fear is dangerous. Satan is the spirit of fear. That's what he wants to do. Get people afraid so he can make them slaves. But God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, which is self-control. You can control your emotions. You do not have to be afraid.
It doesn't matter what you see on the news. Don't be afraid. It doesn't matter what you hear. Don't be afraid. There's a lot of things that's going to happen this year. Don't be afraid. Oh, I didn't get a good report. Don't be afraid. Handle it. Handle the fear. It's going to creep up. You guys say, nope, I'm not going to be afraid. I ain't thinking about that. I'm going to handle it, but I'm not going to be afraid. Fear will keep you from possessing the promised land. What if Joshua stood at the promised land? God told him you'll possess it. But then he says, well, what if the people don't listen to me? What if they act like their parents? What if the giants kill me? What if I make a mistake? What if I do this? What if I do that? What if I do this? What if I do that? What if I do this? What if I do that? I heard a preacher say, what if is the badge of doubt? What if is fear? If you're always going, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? I'm not talking about analyzing the situation, coming up with a plan, but saying what if so much that you never move forward. That's fear. People live in the land of what if and never go into the promised land. They stay in doubt, worry, and fear and never move forward. Where are you today? Are you in what if land? Are you living in fear? Are you bold enough to go get what God has called you to get? Are you bold enough to believe God for big things? Are you, do you just dare to believe God this year for fullness, overflow, and glory? Do you dare to believe that what he's promised, what he prophesied, is going to come to pass in your life? Or you can just say, well, what if it doesn't happen? So I'll try it out. If you try it out, it's not going to work. If you don't try faith, you do it. Because if you're trying it, that means you fully don't believe. That means you're not in faith. If you stay in the land of what if, you're not going to receive the fullness of what God has for you. And remember it said three, one of the three things you have to do this year is focus on fullness. And if you're going to focus on fullness, you have to deal with the fear. And go after what God has for you. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Stand to your feet. Lift your hands towards heaven. Say, I make a decision right now not to tolerate fear. Father, you see me right here. Help me to live that statement. Help me to live fear-free. Help me to handle fear in every area of my life. I'm not going to stay in the land of what if. I'm not going to let the promised land remain on the horizon. I'm going to go forward and possess the land. And receive everything you have for me. I will not be afraid. That's what you have to do. You have to say throughout the day, when fear comes up, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. Next Wednesday, we're going to talk about how to take a fear flush. A lot of people take fat flushes at the beginning of the year. 
next Wednesday, we're going to take a fear flush. So you now made a decision not to be afraid. Now we can get all evidence of fear out of your life and flush it out. There's a biblical way to handle it. And that's what we're going to do. Amen. Every head bow, every eye closed in prayer. No, I'm moving or walking unless you've been assigned to do so. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.